see, so all four of the pillars, they don't all have to be at the same level, but they all have to be steady. And if you come into a relationship or you go into any situation, you're like, I know everything and that's it, you're automatically removing that person's autonomy. You're ruining that relationship and you're making it your purpose instead of our purpose. Welcome to Getting Money Right, a show dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom through education and inspiration, so you can be free to pursue your true life's purpose. We are your hosts, Leo Sabo and David Thompson, and in the studio today again with us is Christopher Massimo. Christopher is a licensed therapist who specializes in working with adolescents and young adults. He's also a business owner for Massimo Motivation mental training, fitness, and athletic coaching, and he does some public speaking. Uh, hopefully that will continue to increase because he's got some amazing content that we dove into last week. The first thing that we talked about was the system that Chris developed, and it's called RAMP. It has an acronym, R-A-M-P. It's a system and a structure for helping people have a lifelong guidelines for how to manage their life. And the two that we covered was R and A. R stands for relationship, and A stands for autonomy, uh, relationship is about your relationship with self, others, and your relationship with the world. Autonomy is about having independent action, free from needing something or someone else, and taking care of yourself. So let's dive into the next one, which is mastery. Chris, why don't you take it away? Okay, sure. So so mastery, you can think of that as developing a skill set or a toolbox for whatever your particular goal is. Uh, so this is obviously going to change depending on what goal you plug into the model. So if I have a financial goal, mastery very obviously is going to be listening to all of David and Leo's podcasts, right? Because that's <laughs> going to give me the mastery course, that I need to achieve my financial freedom. But let's say more specifically, it's retirement. So I would go find the episodes related to creating enough wealth to retire early. Maybe I go check out the fire episode on how to retire in 17 years. Uh, that's That's essentially what M is now. There's a caveat to M. We've talked in the, the previous episode about how there's not really a direction of ramp. There's not one that you're supposed to start with. But I would say that most people try to start with M. Yeah. They think if I, if I collect enough information on this thing, then I can do this thing really well. And doing this thing really well automatically equals the reward I'm trying to get or the goal or fruit I'm trying to obtain. But what they forget is, let's say, like with fire, I'm trying to retire in 17 years. And then I tell my spouse, my R, relationship with other, hey, this is great. We can retire in 17 years. We can live the life we always wanted to. We can travel, yada, yada, yada. And she says, no, that's an awful idea. I don't <laughs> want to do terrible. that. We have to save how much money? Yeah, we have to cut our lifestyle by how much? Wait, no, no, no. Okay, okay. No, no, but it's fine. But if we do fire better, we can retire in 10 years. If instead of X percentage, we add 25% to that, then we can retire in 10. So now it's not as bad, right? She goes, no, that's even worse. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> terrible. So there's this kind of conception, I guess, with uh, with if somebody uses this model, and even if they don't know the model exists, that I just have to consume a lot of something and then use that thing, and then that's it. Yeah. I think that this is what is so incredible about your business, uh, Chris, is Massimo Motivation. And it's all about recognizing what is motivating us and what is driving us. Mm -hmm. And you, as a licensed therapist, you see people come in the door for athletic coaching, for fitness coaching, life coaching, and then for any number of therapy-related issues, they come in with an issue, and usually they're looking for a mastery over that problem, 
because they're coming in with a pain point. Mm -hmm. And so they're motivated to avoid that pain and they're looking to master how do I solve that pain? Or they see a pleasure point because we're, we're always motivated by their pain or pleasure. They see a distant goal of, I want to be a D1 athlete. I want to be professional. And so they think if I can master this, but what I love is that as you walk people through this ramp system and this ramp structure, I know that it's more of a, a brief solutions-based focus. It's not necessarily the long-term psychological digging deep into the roots, but this gives people some quick common language to say, okay, I know that I am feeling this pain or this pleasure and I want to go master this thing, but I need to look at my relationships. I need to look at my autonomy. I need to look at my purpose and then how does mastery fit into that? And so I think that people come usually searching for mastery, just like you said, sure, sure. but then you're able to undergird that with an entire system and structure to help walk them towards a real solutions-based focus that helps heal all areas of their life. And I think we see this just like you said with fire. In fire, the idea is, hey, my motivation is I'm going to master finances and never have to think about it again. And I can retire and quit this stupid job and I will just be the master of money and money will never master me. But really, you can master money and ruin all your relationships. Right. And it's miserable. Very easily. And I think we see this a lot with get rich quick schemes mm -hmm. and we see it a lot with multi-level marketing things because what I do is I try to begin to master a certain sales technique, but what I end up doing is ruining my relationships in the process because I turn my relationships into money generating revenue pieces. And so now instead of you, Chris, being a friend, I see you as a revenue source. Mm -hmm. And so I've started to break the R of ramp in pursuit of the mastery of ramp, right? Like, right, the, you know, right. picking one of those four pillars. And I've started to kind of take the spectrum and go too heavy on one while not realizing if I don't have good relationships or I don't understand healthy autonomy, then it's going to cause me a lot of problems long term. So I think this is I think this is fun because I personally, yeah, I come uh, with a little bit of a strengths finder mindset and input is one of my top five strengths. So I love to go very deep into a subject. I love to, to master the subject. One of my other strengths is maximizer, where I take something good and make it great. Right, right. But if I don't understand how it's influencing my relationships and that it's not all about me, I mean, I am married. And so I, the first and foremost, I need to be in unity with Ashley before I make any kind of decision. But in the name of mastery and expertise, I could, I could make excuses all day long why we have to do this thing this certain way. And I'm, I'm the guy. I have the right answer. This is my budget. And we talked about this, you know, in last week's episode in 100, where we interviewed Ashley and Natalie. And I was like, Ashley, here's the budget. And I've mastered it. And we're going to do it. Yeah. And immediately she said, this is not good for our relationship. <laughs> you know, like, this is, this is not right. And we had to completely throw away the master budget in order to build the relationship. And then together we mastered budgeting and it was us together working in unity, not David's the expert. So I think this is really fun conversation because this gives us shared language for dealing with major issues. Like, hey, I'm gonna come in and solve this problem through mastery, but really am I looking at the whole picture? Right, and on the get uh, rich quick schemes, you know, the relationship with self suffers too, because you're like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to get rich quick. And when you don't, you blame yourself for doing the multi-level marketing wrong when really it's the multi-level marketing. That's the problem. But if you were to get the correct level of mastery, the correct skills, the correct knowledge from people who know what they're really talking about, then you would slowly see this seven to nine, maybe even 11% return. 
And then you'd feel really, really good about yourself because you're like, yeah, every year you feel a little bit better because it's compounding on itself, right? So getting good mastery, and let's say somebody does come to me and they do have great relationships and they are very autonomous and they know what their purpose is, then sure, we'll go, we'll go right into M and I'll give you exactly what you need and then I'll send you on your way and say goodbye. But that's usually not the case. That's the majority of the time there's a root or roots that have to be resolved or redirected in combination with the skills and the information. The more I'm learning about the system, the, the more I love it because it's so it's so self-revealing. It really forces you to look at things differently. You know, David, you were talking about your relationship with Ashley and how you guys were trying to create, well, you are trying to tell her, hey, I'm a master in this. I got this. Just follow me. And I think sometimes, especially in a marriage in, or in a relationship like this where you are blending finances together, it's so easy to allow this dominance, so to speak, of I know this, you just have to trust me. But by doing so, you literally are saying the relationship doesn't matter, the purpose doesn't matter, mastery matters. And really, I think it reveals the fact that that there's a problem. Like you're trying to overdo something, why? Like ask the question, why? Why do you wanna go in that direction? Why do you wanna control it? Why is it so important to you that we live here or look a certain way? or have certain relationships. And if you don't ask and answer those questions, you could be going on a path for years and it's the wrong path because it's not gonna lead you to the result you want. Yeah, and if you think you're the master of it and you <laughs> tell that person this is how it's gonna be done, you're as a byproduct automatically removing their autonomy because they do not have say anymore. Right. You see, so all four of the pillars have to be, they don't have to all be the same strength. You can have stronger relationships than mastery. Maybe you don't, you haven't listened to enough podcasts, you haven't read enough but you have R, A, and P, right? They don't all have to be at the same level, but they all have to be steady. And if you come into a relationship or you go into any situation, you're like, I know everything and that's it, you're automatically removing that person's autonomy. You're ruining that relationship and you're making it your purpose instead of our purpose. That's really good. It's good. All right. Anything else on mastery? No, I think, I think that's really... I just... The one message, if I could leave you with it on mastery, is exactly what we've talked about. Please do not start there. Please do not start there. Please, it, it, it's it's not necessarily that you can't theoretically start there, but I would just make sure RA and P are at least foundationally set before you go into diving into a bunch of material and learning a bunch of stuff. Yeah, and I don't want mastery to get a bad rap because it can be a great motivation. It can cause you to do things you wouldn't do. It'll cause you to wake up earlier and work harder. It, there is a good motivation behind it. So we don't want to lose that. But if we believe that is the one and only solution, then you're missing three quarters of the, right, the pie. Right, right. So there is one more thing I want to add, which is marketing, right? That's what marketing is telling you. You yeah. need this thing to achieve this purpose or this goal or this solution. I have the solution. Purchase my product. And so even through marketing, they're constantly selling you math. Right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Which removes autonomy because you're listening to whoever's on the TV telling you that you need this thing. You're not thinking for yourself anymore. I love this tie-in with somebody that is claiming mastery ends up removing autonomy from someone else. That, that, that there is some give and take there. And if I claim to be the master of our finances, I remove Ashley's autonomy. I love that you tied that in. That's something I've not thought through in depth. And then you have somebody that is through marketing declaring a certain mastery of something. And if you blindly follow them, you're losing your autonomy which is going to cause you to mess up your self-relationship and your relationship with the world. And this is where Leo and I have talked about idolization. 
and putting somebody on a pedestal and idolizing somebody else's life and pursuing their lifestyle and saying, I want to be that person. And we talked about that, you know, had a neighbor that had a really nice car. And so my mindset went to how can I become that person or like that person to achieve what they have? And what I did is I started to remove my own autonomy in order to pursue their lifestyle. And I let them actually become the master of my life. Now, you know, thankfully that didn't go too far, but those are the thoughts that started to creep in. And it took some healthy interaction with friends and people that I know and trust to say, hey, why are you looking at this person's lifestyle and trying to become them? You're an autonomous person. Now they didn't use that language, right, right. but that's what's great about Ramp is it gives you shared language right. that now you can communicate, hey, this sounds like it might be an autonomy issue, or this sounds like it may be a relationship issue, or it sounds like it might be a purpose issue. When it comes to bi-directionality, a problem that involves at least two people, you'll find that communication, you're usually, I don't know if I could say usually, but you're often saying the same thing with different words. So we're trying to get to the same result, which is we both want to be financially free, but we're speaking different language here. Yeah. Uh, so we need to get on the same page. That's yeah. that's how you bridge the gap. And even like I said, with adolescence in the previous episode, when you have a parent who's trying to talk to their 15-year-old daughter and it's very difficult to establish where they're at, this is the shared language. This is where you come and it doesn't necessarily have to be a financial uh, conversation, but it right. can be. Right. Let's say you're trying to teach them finances and you're trying to start small. If you have a shared language, that's going to be a lot easier for them to conceptualize their financial decisions at 15 than trying to teach them about taxes right now. Mm-hmm. That's oh, a absolutely. lot harder. Like they're not ready to handle that. Right. So if you give them ramp, you give them this model to kind of learn about how they fit with finances versus what finances can do for them then you can start that building process of, of conceptualization early. Yeah, this communication thing is so important. And I just want to encourage you as you're listening, it takes time and it takes energy and and it's not going to be perfect. Ashley and I have been married for uh, over seven years and we were sitting in the car the other night on a date night and had the same conversation eight different ways until we finally fully understood what each other were saying. And, and we're good communicators. We have shared language and strengths finders. We've got shared language in our Christian understanding. We've got shared language in the seven plus years of marriage and really 10 years of being together. So, I mean, this is real life. This takes time. This takes energy. I mean, we sat there for over an hour and she would say something and I would say something and back and forth, we would toggle. And, and she said the same thing eight different times, but it wasn't until the eighth time that it really sunk in with the right context and nuance that it, that it fit my worldview. And we had a great rest of our date after that hour long conversation. Right. But it took some time to dig into that. Right. right. Have we all experienced that? Have we had those, those fun conversations? Yeah. So, so I just want to encourage you as you're listening, this is a great framework for you, but it's still going to take time and energy. Yes, absolutely. Without question. All right. So let's get into the last one, Chris, let's talk about how this, a pillar of purpose fits into all of this. Okay, I'm going to do my best to to summarize what is quite uh, quite literally maybe the most complex of the four. Uh, so your true life's purpose, you guys talk a lot about this on the podcast. Um, I'm a big fan of the word purpose versus passion. There was a lot of literature uh, that came out 10-ish years ago. It's been coming out for a long time, but it was there was a heavy hit for a period of time in the literature about find your passion. What's your passion? What are you passionate about? And I think that's the wrong question. I think that was always the wrong question because passion is emotion-based. So if I go to the movies and I see an Adam Sandler movie or something, and I just, that was hilarious. Hotel Transylvania, best movie I've ever seen in the world. And then I go watch all of Adam Sandler's movies. 
eventually I'm going to get really tired of watching Adam Sandler and hearing his voice in different ways. And I'm going to leave him and find something else that I am now passionate about in terms of actors. If you rely on passion alone, you're always going to find yourself falling short. So purpose, I created a, a process for P that's value, passion, purpose, passion being in the middle. We touched on this briefly in the previous episode, but it starts with values. So David, you said you're a big strengths finder guy. I'm a big strengths finders guy as well. And I think you start by saying, okay, what, what am I naturally good at? You know, there's 8 billion people, but there's one me. So what is it that I'm, what is it that I've been given that's different uh, from other people? How, what makes me unique? Listen to that. I see a lot with introverts. They try to push away certain facets of themselves, which you can't do because being introverted can be great in a lot of situations. I don't work as well with very talkative people because I got a big mouth. Introverts and I go together pretty well because I, I like somebody who can listen as well. So first thing is, where do I, what value do I bring? Okay, so, so what is it about me that makes me special? And then where do I find value? What fulfills me? Doing this right now fulfills me. I know I got a big mouth and helping people is good for me. So, so this is great. I get to get a microphone in front of me and talk to you guys, which is amazing. So I feel fulfilled. The moment I leave here, I'm going to feel better about myself automatically because I may have touched somebody's life. That bleeds into passion. Now, the, I use a car example, and value is kind of like the framework of the car. Passion is the fuel. This, this, you don't erase passion. You, you lean on passion right now. I'm very passionate about law in terms of clinicians. So I'm going to pursue that. I'm going to use that as the thing that gets me up in the morning and makes me work an extra two hours at night and gets me to take that next step. But your passion will change. The values you bring, for the most part, are steady. What fulfills you, for the most part, is steady. But passion, passion will change, and you have to allow it to do so. And you want to make sure those two things are directing you to a city, not a state, which is too broad, not a street, which is too specific. If I say I have to be a neurosurgeon at that exact hospital by this age, making that much money, you're probably not going to have that. And so your relationship with self is going to suffer because you see yourself as a failure. Mm -hmm. But if I say I want to become a neurosurgeon, the end. Okay, that's achievable. Okay, that's great. So do that. You can do that. That's your purpose because you want to facilitate that type of healing in somebody else's life. Great. But once you keep adding all these modifiers, you're making it really difficult for you to come up to the expectation that you're putting yourself on. So knowing this process and knowing your purpose is incredibly important to lean on when you don't want to do something. So we've talked about my business as Massimo Motivation, which is great because I want to be the spark plug for those people's lives, right? But they can't rely on motivation because motivation, like passion, is emotional. I want you to leave my office after an hour feeling more motivated, but I know in a week you're, you may need that extra kick again. What you need is discipline. And in times of discipline, you need purpose. You need something you can lean on that's that's consistent and that value, passion, purpose process is. Yeah, that's wow, that's really good because it does give you a framework for how to stay focused. I mean, purpose is, I think so many people struggle with purpose because as you said, passion changes. I mean, when I first started teaching on finances, it was strictly because I needed it. Like I needed it as much as anybody else. So I was learning and I just chose to do it in an environment where other people could also contribute to the conversation. So it was both helping others, but it was also helping myself. And as I continued to grow in that, I became more passionate about solving the problem. Couples not getting along, uh, finances being out of whack, uh, just really helping people to succeed in this because I saw it as a deeper problem. I didn't see it as a money problem. See, initially I approached money and solving the money problem through a mastery 
type thing. You know, I'm going to create a budget. I'm going to get us on a budget. I'm going to, we're going to tighten the belt and we're going to win this thing, right? No more failure in the, in the area of money. But there were so many other things that were, that I was dealing with self relational, all, all of that was part of it. And until I started digging into the other things, money was just the, the motivator that got me there. Um, eventually though, what happened is I realized that I had an unhealthy perspective of money that I needed to have security. And the more money I had, the better I felt. Or when I had challenges with finances, then I would kind of lose my way. And then of course it would affect my relationships. It would affect my own self perspective and how I saw myself, whether I was good, whether I was a failure, whether I was a winner, all of that just kind of came into it. So when you look at purpose, people don't really know what their purpose is. And so many times it's like, well, I'm passionate about this. And maybe that's what I should do. But what you're saying, Chris, is that there has to be something that's a lot more concrete than that. It can't be so narrow or so emotionally focused that, that it puts you basically into a very narrow lane where as soon as you step off, you feel like that's it. I'm, I'm, I'm lost. There's no hope for me. How do people narrow that down so they have a better understanding of what purpose is for them? Basically, what you do is you listen to yourself. You trust in that. The introvert example I gave you. Okay, so here's, here's a major problem I have with a lot of people is they'll come into my office and even, even a year into sessions, like I have a couple of people I've seen for a year, two years. Well, I think that's, well, I don't know. Well, you know, I'll propose a question to them and, and it's a question that I've given to them in different ways before. And I said, no, you know. You know this information because we've unpacked this before. And there's this there's this kind of like doubt of the information we have. So if you want to facilitate slash create and understand and define your purpose, I think you need to listen to how you've been made. And I don't, I, that isn't to say that whatever you're born as, that's the end of it. You can't do anything about it. I'm not going to go into the nature nurture debate. But what I am going to say is that you do have a set of inherent potential. You do have a set of inherent skills that have higher levels of success. And you need to listen to those things. And the things that have happened to you are also really important. So there's yeah. a reason why I do value first. The values that you bring are in part personality-based. Um, I tend to be a more verbose person. I tend to be a more assertive person. And that's great in some situations and not so great in other ones, right? Uh, but also my experience. I talked about in the last episode that I went through 10 years of therapy, 13 years of meds, and 11 different inpatient hospital stays. That's value. That's value I automatically bring inherently to any session that I have because I sat on the couch and I've been in your situation and I've seen my mom struggle and I see your mom struggling and I feel her pain because I feel my mom. And so you need to listen to those things that have happened to you. We, you talked about a victim mentality. Those things have happened to you for a reason. You need to listen to that and find a way to integrate that. And if it combines nicely with who you inherently are, your strengths, then that's what you use to help define the purpose. So my purpose in life is to provide mental and physical health to people. But the way in which I do that, the passion changes. Right now it's private practice and it's creating ramp and establishing Masima motivation. But eventually it's gonna transition slightly to law and fighting for clinicians so clinicians can fight for clients. But I'm still in the same space. The purpose is still the same, which is mental and physical health for everybody, right? So, so if you wanna define your purpose, you first have to define trust. You first have to trust and define what it is you bring and let that guide you listen to it you often will let your parents decide you know or your friends decide well you're a good listener you should be a therapist i'm like that's not how that works <laughs> that's not how it works i wish it was it's part it's part of it right it's, it's one of, of the values it's one of the values but it's one it's not the whole package right oh i'm a good listener well i'm good at math i'll be an engineer i'm like these are not these are not good deductive thinking skills you need you need a little bit more 
what else do you bring? So, if I, and then when you define that again, city, not state, don't go super large. Don't be like mental, mental health, physical health, wellness, exercise. Um, I want to do, uh, I want to do legal consultation and I want to do politics. I'm going to be a president one day. Like there's a lot of ways you can change mental, and physical health, mental and physical health is good enough. The passion for which I approach mental and physical health changes, but I'm going to make sure that the passion is based on the value. So that I'm always doing a good job. I hope that made sense. Yeah, that helps a lot because even when you first brought up the idea of values, my initial thought is like organizational values. Our organization values excellence. Our organization values dependability. Our organization values healthy interaction. And so I thought of kind of those statements that you throw on the wall. These are foundational values for my life. But I think, if I'm understanding correctly, that, that those value systems, they're a part of value when you say value, but you're also talking about people's life experience. You're talking about their natural strengths and talents, that it is the value that you bring to the world. And having strong convictions and a value system that you live off of, like if I'm going to say one of my core values uh, is to understand and operate in love towards other people, that is a value that I bring to the world. But we're not only talking about those value systems and beliefs you have, we're talking about the actual value you add and that you bring and how unique you are. And just like Chris said, there's, you know, around 8 billion people on the planet, you are uniquely created. And that does tie into your purpose and the experiences that you have, they help to fuel and they help to undergird what you were created to do, because you're going to experience things and you're going to have more information and more uh, empathy and the ability to help someone in a situation when you operate out of those values that you have. So the word value is really broad when we talk about your values and your passion and your purpose. All of that makes up purpose and values itself is pretty large. So that's interesting to me. And just to be clear, in terms of finances, if I am naturally good at XYZ, and I'm passionate about this thing that fits with that thing, and that thing facilitates a purpose, I'm more than likely in this system, in capitalism, going to make some money from it. How much money, I don't know, but I'm going to make some money from it. So then I can take that money and reinvest it in that purpose and grow that purpose and become better at that purpose and have more seats at more tables with that purpose. Right. So it's this, in terms of money, it's it's, uh, interchangeable. It's bi-directionality. Um, they're one and the same. This is, this is so, this is one of the great things about capitalism is that as you grow and as you have, you find, you identify your values and then you grow in that value and you provide value into other people's life. As you provide value, as you serve others, as you take your unique talents, pour it into somebody else, they reward you for it. They say thank you. And when they say thank you, they do it in the form of little green bills that are made from cloth and that are backed by the treasury. And you have the ability to go spend that to take care of your family. But they were thank you notes. Somebody said, thank you for serving me with your talent. Now, just like you said, the fun part is that if you discover something that you're passionate about and it fits into your value that you're providing, now you're having fun while serving people you're being rewarded for it. So then that causes you to want to master that thing because you're seeing people helped. You're being financially rewarded. So then you want to go further and then you get better at it because the more that you do it, the more people will pay you to come do it. Uh, You know, you've spoken at UTA, you've spoken at psychological conferences. Now you're speaking on the podcast. The more that you do it, the more people hear about, oh, who's Chris Massimo? What is Massimo Motivation? 
they hear about it, they see it, and it serves them, then they want more, and then you get better at it because you've done it out loud a few times. And this is the same with getting money right. It's the same with air conditioning and plumbing and you know being a pastor and whatever it is that you do in life, whatever you're doing, you're cleaning houses. The first house you clean, if you do a great job, you get the referral and you get invited to clean more houses. And in capitalism, you providing value to somebody else actually helps take care of your family, actually strengthens that skill. And so I just think that's why it's a great system. But it's also important to realize that if your whole life is focused on yourself, that you're now going to be damaging your other relationships. So this whole framework is extremely important. Yeah, there's also something else that we I don't want us to miss, which is that, you know, Chris talked about the fact that right now he's counseling and he's coaching people and he's walking them individually through, but he also has a passion for law and he wants to connect that passion to what he's already passionate about, which he's already described. So he's going to use his resources to increase his value and increase his purpose and really fulfill his purpose. And I think that's such a wonderful thing because that's what we are really, that's what we're all about. Once you understand your purpose, then what you do with your resources, whether it's your time, whether it's your talent, whether it's your money, your gifting, everything that you have can now be harnessed to increase that purpose, right? So it's almost like you're you're creating like a turbocharger for your actual, mm -hmm. why you were created to even be here. Um, and I think that's the thing. It's when you realize what your purpose is, then money becomes that tool. And you could say, all right, I'm gonna take $75,000. I'm gonna go to law school because this is going to help me to do more of what I already love doing. And I think that's such a wonderful thing. Gosh, I love that. So, so short story, seven years of education, I came out with $85,000 in debt. I paid myself out of debt in this February, February of 2019. Yay. And since then, yeah, I know, awesome. yay. <laughs> and since then, I've been putting away money knowing I was going to go either get a PhD, which I'm still considering, or, or now considering law school. But I've put aside X amount of money per month since that time, knowing that a reinvestment was going to come and that I was not going to go back into debt. But that reinvestment is, in my mind, a secure or stable investment and for my psyche because I know it's part of the process and part of the purpose. It's a part of what I'm going to be doing anyway. And it's just something I'm more passionate about. So it's not a waste of money. It's not, uh, I'm not spending, I'm, I am spending on purpose for my purpose. That's exactly what I'm doing. I'm spending on purpose for my purpose and I'm saving on purpose. So yes, uh, I, I love that. It's, they're all one and the same. Money is a tool. It's a tool to facilitate life. It's, uh, I just love this whole system. And I think, I think it just so speaks to the way that we can really walk through this with, like, like you said, is there shared language and there's the ability now to be able to talk through this and realize what you need to do to really understand your purpose, to understand if there are some diminishing things going on in your own relationship with self, relationship with others, with the world, um, mastery, how that fits into it. That's not something we want to focus too much time on and not make it the thing because it actually can actually take us away from really fulfilling our purpose because then it becomes about us. It becomes about trying to take care of the thing that's broken in the with the wrong tool, mm -hmm. you know? Um, so I totally love this, Chris. I think, gosh, I, I hope you write a book. I hope you create the system and it goes worldwide, it. man, because this is really, really cool. I really enjoyed these last two episodes. I feel like I've learned so much myself. So thank you. Thank you Absolutely. for being thank here. Thank you for having me. It's been awesome. 
Well, I hope that you've enjoyed the last two episodes and that you're getting an understanding of this framework of RAMP and that you're able to begin to apply it in your life. It creates some great language for you and your friends, your co-workers, the organization that you're in, and potentially for you and your spouse if you're married. And if you have enjoyed this episode, come check out our website, jump over to leosabo.com. Go on there. Chris talked about how he himself actually downloaded the budget tool and began to use that budget tool to build out his finances. Come over to stewardshippastors.com and see all the tools and resources that we have for your organization to help people put together good biblical financial practices and understand what it means to be a good manager of everything that you have. And I'd say most importantly, go over to Massimo Motivation and check out Chris's website. Uh, understand what he's doing, how it works. You can go over to all the resources that he has. When you're under that resources page, you're going to see his ebook. You're going to see the podcast that he's been on. You're going to see all the different pieces that he's got for you. Uh, there's documents on mental health and performance, and you can even connect with him. He's got his contact info on there. Again, it's Missimo Motivation. So it's M-I-S-S-I-M-O, Massimo Motivation. We'll put a link in our uh, webpage and on the show notes. You can easily get over there. And I would also recommend not only checking out his resources, but go look at the testimonials. He's got testimonials from Olympic boxers, from professional football players. Uh, and it's just incredible to see the people that he served well and how they've come back and they've begun to share his influence on their life and what he allowed them to achieve. And not only just his personal counseling, but what this system, this ramp system and framework has done in their lives. So I hope that you'll go over to Massimo Motivation, come check out leosabo.com and Stewardship Pastors. And I hope that you will share this episode. It is 101. I think the last four episodes have been amazing. So we just finished 102, but we started with 101 with Chris. So Go ahead and share episode 98, 99, 100, 101, and 102 with somebody because it'll set up the root system, it'll go through the history, and then you'll begin to see how somebody can ramp up. They can use this framework for lifelong success. I hope that you'll share our podcast, put a five-star rating on the Apple Store, uh, and that you'll go onto social media and just connect somebody else to it. Well, we look forward to having you join us next time so that together we, we can, can keep getting money right. discipline. And in times of discipline, you need purpose. You need something you can lean on that's that's consistent and that value, passion, purpose process is. Mm -hmm.